It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Groundhog Day and the Planetary Asylum has transitioned to a headlong leap into the twilight zone. If you think things are bad now, hang on. The party is just getting started. You're listening to the non-political, commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. Exactly how dark is the wider horizon? Very few have the courage to fully face what's coming. If you're one of those few, you're on the right broadcast. So many continue to try and convince themselves that the horizon can't possibly be this dark. They fortify their desired conclusions with mainstream media so-called experts from all over the world that keep telling us that we are turning a corner, that perpetual expansion and prosperity is waiting for all of us, that a new era of economic growth will soon make all of our lives, quote, better again, so long as everyone rolls up their sleeves and does exactly what they're told. All the officially recognized and highly publicized experts can't be wrong about all this, could they? Short answer, yes. They couldn't be more wrong and off base. The deception could not be deeper. Whether consciously or unconsciously, the so-called experts are lying. All official agencies and their mainstream media propaganda pushers are lying. All of them. Feeding the mass delusion, feeding the epidemic of normalcy bias, of Stockholm Syndrome, feeding the pandemic of menticide. Without enough functional environment, without a functional and life-supporting climate system, the collapse of natural resource-dependent industrialized militarized societies is a certainty, mathematically and statistically speaking. There is no other possible outcome. It is already unfolding and accelerating by the day. Covert climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare, are further fueling the process. Global atmospheric chemistry has now been completely altered. There is no natural weather. The planet's formerly miraculous life support systems that were completely self-sustaining are now no more. Nature and its functions formerly provided 75% of all global GDP for free. That era is over. It's finished. It's not coming back in any time frame that matters. The CV-19 scenario is the controller response. How many are willing to summon the courage to abandon preconceptions, ideology, and bias so that the lens through which they see the world can be cleared? The absurdly false previous paradigm of perpetual growth on a finite planet with finite resources will very soon reach its end. The party is in its final hours. It was never sustainable, not even close. And even now, Almost none see or are willing to acknowledge the oncoming train. But rest assured, the controllers do. And they are absolutely pressing forward with their agendas on countless fronts. On that note of good cheer, let's cover some breaking headline reports. As we do so, remember and consider, unfolding biosphere collapse is the core causal factor that is driving power structure total desperation. From the CV-19 scenario to covert climate intervention operations. All is connected, all is inseparable.
First headline, how national security is being redefined by climate change. First, it's not just, quote, climate change. What is unfolding is far worse. Scientifically, it is most correctly categorized as an abrupt climate collapse. Next, let's consider a few key pieces to the bigger picture puzzle. The top power structure military leaders consider unfolding biosphere collapse to be the greatest national security threat of all. That's not my opinion. It's a fact of record. When there is no longer enough to go around, i.e. no food on the shelves, the law of the jungle will prevail at blinding speed. Mad Max will look like a holiday fiesta in comparison. Chaos and carnage will reign. For far too many, such dire database conclusions simply don't fit into their frame of reality. For them, what's coming won't seem real until it is. Next, this reminder from former U.S. presidential advisor Zygmunt Brzezinski, who stated that with modern technologies, it is, quote, easier to kill a million people than to control them, end quote. Ponder that one. Again, no matter how bitter the truth is, it must be faced in order to see and understand what's unfolding on the wider horizon. The planet's life support systems are failing. The great dying is here, one way or another. This conclusion is not opinion. It's a statistical certainty. With all this in mind, again I ask, is it rational to believe those in power are actually trying to preserve and protect populations so that the proliferation can continue until there is nothing left? Or... Are the motives of the controllers, in fact, far darker than any of us want to consider? You decide. Pressing on, what are the so-called experts saying about biosphere collapse? This headline from last week, economists are vastly underestimating the economic impact of climate change. From that report, economists are expecting a, quote, tiny reduction in GDP, despite climate science suggesting far more dramatic consequences, according to a new study. Gross understatement on this report. What will soon matter most is food, water, and shelter on a dying planet. I'll get to more specific details on what I just stated in a moment, but first let's cover a few more headlines. From last week, supply chain shortages continue around the world. Get used to it. That's from the New York Times. That also is an understatement. Next headline, automakers to temporarily close factories as global shortage of computer chips gets worse. Another headline, same theme. Horror forecast claims global chip shortage could last, could may might, well into 2023. When we reach 2023, I think none will be concerned about a computer chip. They'll have far more grave concerns to ponder. For the record, any notion that anything will be in any way, quote, back to normal in 2023 is total delusion. Again, the party's over. Collapse is here. It's unfolding by the day. Next headline. Mainstream media refuses to call it what it is, a food and supply chain, quote, crisis. That statement is at least far more accurate. It is indeed a crisis, but it's not just a supply chain scenario by any means. Those in power would like the public to believe that so that they are not as aware of the totality of collapse that is occurring around the globe. I'll add more detail to what I alluded to earlier. Let me give you some statistics on just how bad it is, just how far we are into the sixth mass extinction on our planet. And the difference between this extinction and all former known extinctions is that this time it's happening hundreds of times faster 
than any previous paleo event, and that makes it unquantifiably worse. Species extinction rate today is 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. Nothing normal about that. We have lost conservatively over 70% of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years alone. Statistically, on the current trajectory, we face zero hour for no functional populations of wildlife left on planet Earth by 2026. That doesn't mean that nothing will necessarily be alive. It means no functional populations, in essence, functional extinction, which, as I covered in last week's broadcast, may also include the human race. Global insect populations down 80 to 90%. That's terrestrial and aquatic. How long do we think we will be here when the insects can't survive? Fisheries collapsing around the globe because water bodies, oceans and freshwater, are dying by the day. They're superheating, deoxygenating. They're dying by the day. About 2 billion people around the world depend on protein from the ocean for their daily sustenance, protein from the ocean or freshwater bodies, and that can no longer continue. The once year-round stream on my habitat reserve that contained native trout is done, gone, everything dead. Far too many in the human race are convinced that leaping from the top of a 100-story building is flying, that such a so-called flight can somehow be maintained, such is the case with industrialized, militarized society. It's in its death throes already. We are passing the second floor. The sidewalk is the next stop. But even now, the industrialists and the disaster capitalists are hell-bent on keeping the hydrocarbon fuel fiesta going until the moment of impact. On that theme, next headline, Russia says its offshore Arctic has oil and gas reserves for centuries. What good would that do them? We have already completely decimated the planet's life support systems. They think they can keep doing it for centuries to come with no apparent concern for the consequences of what we've already done. Next headline, same theme. And again, climate engineering through all this, keep in mind climate engineering, the power structures around the globe colluding and cooperating on a means of masking the totality of planetary implosion from the public until the last possible moment. Climate engineering is further fueling this entire process. Next headline from last week, why the climate emergency is now the methane emergency. For the record, Earth is currently on track toward what is scientifically known as Venus syndrome. The term is not a metaphor. I've talked about it on this broadcast often. Search geoengineeringwatch.org Venus syndrome to learn more. As has been covered so many times on this broadcast, atmospheric methane buildup is rapidly sealing our collective fate Formerly frozen methane hydrate and clathrate deposits in Arctic tundra and on the Arctic seabed are thawing and releasing and migrating into the atmosphere where it is spreading out and covering the planet like a layer of heat-trapping glass. Over a 10-year time horizon, methane is about 120 times more potent to greenhouse gas than CO2. And how often I hear from so many that CO2 is great the more the better. It's necessary to have a broader understanding of that. Water is absolutely essential also. Again, if you're 10 feet under, it's not so helpful anymore. You can't just alter the atmospheric chemistry so radically, so quickly, and expect anything to adapt. They cannot adapt. And additional CO2 
and I hear this often as well, it's used in greenhouses for growing certain things. Yes, that's true. So long as they have enough micronutrients in the soil to sustain that growth. There's many conditions necessary, including the plant type. In nature, this is not the case. The vast majority of flora are not equipped for such rapid change. So this additional CO2 is not helpful over such a short time span, that change. Again, nothing can adapt. And other gases are releasing as well. As I stated, methane, nitrous oxide, there are are many others. And climate engineering, in the attempt to mask some of the daytime high temperatures, in some cases they're actually creating higher temperatures still by high-pressure heat domes, but the constant aerosol spraying, at least the stated purpose is to reduce some of the daytime high temperatures, but they're trapping more heat than they deflect. They're destroying the ozone layer, Earth's protective atmosphere. They're totally disrupting the hydrological cycle. In regard to the forest fires, and I'll get to that later in this broadcast, single greatest causal factor, inarguably, climate engineering. And that's not a denial of all the other sources of damage to the climate. Not denying that. Never have. We have a a section of geoengineeringwatch.org called Global Meltdown. All forms of human activity that alter the energy balance of the planet are a problem. But the single greatest and most destructive human activity of all is inarguably climate engineering. That's a mathematical and statistical fact. The climate engineers over the last 75 years have tried to hide the totality of planetary meltdown, the methane expulsion scenario from public view or awareness. And in the attempt again, to hide the methane meltdown, they have only further fueled the overall process. This has been happening for many decades. For those that are familiar with the Bermuda Triangle scenario, the ship sinkings, this is scientifically accepted phenomena of methane release from the seabed. When fields reach a certain tipping point of temperature, they release in their entirety. That methane rapidly migrates to the surface, aerates the water like a bottle of champagne, the ships go down, they have no buoyancy because of that aeration. Now this is happening on a scale that's incomprehensible in the Arctic, Arctic tundra, and on the seafloor. Let me try to put the methane situation into mathematical context. It's felt from available science data there may be as much as 10,000 gigatons of methane hydrate and clathate deposits in the Laptev Sea of the Arctic. If one half of 1% of that is released into the atmosphere, that's 50 gigatons, that would, in effect, cause an increase in the overall greenhouse gas forcing effect of 400%. One half of 1% of what is thought to be there in the Arctic alone would be a 400% increase on the existing greenhouse gas warming effect right now. If any significant portion of that methane is released, game over. If all of it's released, we will be a sister planet to Venus. Climate engineering and the CV-19 scenario. Two of the controller responses. The climate engineers over the last 75 years have tried to hide this scenario, the methane scenario, from the public view, from public awareness. And in the attempt to hide it, they have only further fueled the overall process. The ongoing and increasing catastrophic wildfires are directly related to what the climate engineers are carrying out. To learn more about this critically important connection, search and share, as I've stated on previous broadcasts, extremely important 22-minute report titled, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. Here's a hint of what's in that report. Screenshots of peer-reviewed science study that advocate for the burning of 
forests as a form of artificial volcano to achieve enough atmospheric particulate loading to mimic the effect of a volcano temporarily cooling large regions at the cost of destroying Earth's last remaining life support systems. Are the climate engineers that desperate? Are the controllers that desperate? The answer is yes. All available data indicates that they are willing to incinerate forests to provide enough atmospheric particulates to provide temporary cooling at the ultimate cost of ensuring that none of us gets out of this alive. And where climate engineering plays into this, into this equation is climate engineering is setting the stage for these burns. The source of ignition is a completely separate subject. Any moron with a match can light a fire. There are many sources of ignition, but that is not the core of this issue. The core is what has set the stage for these fires to burn with such ferocity. Why have they systematically, they meaning the weather makers, cut off precipitation from large swaths of forest, completely drying them out. And the, the burns get worse every single year. And as this 22-minute report outlines and highlights with solid, verifiable, factual data, this type of scenario seemed to be initiated in 2008, the year after the Arctic sea ice cover began to truly crash. The results from this temporary smoke canopy were profound, but again, at what cost? Extending the business-as-usual paradigm for slightly longer at the cost of annihilating what's yet left of Earth's life support systems. That's the scenario we face. Please search and view that report. Wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Next headline, same theme from ABC News. California's wildfires already erratic, the report says. The worst may be ahead. This is simply the scheduled weather. This is not a prediction based on any natural cyclical anything. It's the schedule weather. We know that Raytheon does all the weather modeling for the National Weather Service and NOAA, the two agencies that have a federal gag order against them, illegal federal gag order. The script is passed all the way down to the local meteorologist. When you see a headline like this, understand you are seeing the scheduled weather. Next headline last week, fires in the Amazon are out of control. Again, that's what the report says. Again, on the end, it has never stopped. The Amazon is burning to the ground, and even the parts of the forest that are alive are no longer a carb carbon sink. They're a carbon source because the UV is so intense, the lack of rain is so drastic that those organisms, just like the forests in the northern hemisphere, are simply trying to survive. They shut their stomata, their respiratory ports. They're not inhaling carbon. They're not exhaling oxygen. They're simply trying to survive. Same thing is happening in the Amazon. That's why the forests no longer smell like forests, because they are not respirating. You have what's called vapor pressure deficit. Look up and learn about what that is. Climate engineering is reducing overall atmospheric relative humidity. And when there's not enough humidity in the air based on the temperature, the organisms shut down their stomata. That includes crops. It's adding to crop collapse around the globe as well. There is no more destructive form of human activity than climate engineering. Now let's move to the northern hemisphere. This. While much of Siberia is incinerating with record high temperatures and wildfires, other parts are flooding and even snow in some regions. This is the type of radical contrast that is the harbinger of climate engineering. The crown jewel weapon of the military-industrial complex with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. With high-pressure heat domes, as we've seen in the U.S. West, and I've talked about on this broadcast, they can create massive amounts of heat with this compressing air on the surface. They can hold the smoke right on the surface where populations have to breathe it day in and day out with almost no air movement. 
They can divert moisture elsewhere where it comes down in a deluge. They can chemically nucleate that moisture and create frozen precipitation out of what should have been liquid precipitation, creating a surface cool down. Search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about that. Let's press on. More headlines. There's too many to cover, but I'll do my best. This from last week. Scientists discovered a new Arctic warning signal for catastrophic winter weather. I just talked about chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. Those are patented processes of seeding cloud moisture with chemical ice nucleating elements to create a surface cool down. And then they get the so-called experts and so-called media when it's nothing more than propaganda, to cover the tracks of the climate engineers by coming up with a headline like this and pretending it's just some natural phenomenon that's now happening. This report states, this one is from Vice, by the way, extreme cold spells like the one that devastated Texas in February are predicted by an obscure Arctic phenomenon that can be a warning signal according to a new study. Studies say whatever they're paid to say. Whatever the so-called experts are paid to say in them, the situation in Texas was engineered from top to bottom. More statistics to consider on the Texas cooldown. While it was zero degrees in Dallas, it was 85 degrees at the same latitude in Florida. It was 33 degrees warmer at the North Pole than it was in Dallas, Texas. The moisture that came for this surface cooldown was out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico. This is nothing short of weather used as a weapon against populations. We can speculate as to the agendas and objectives, and there are many, and they are complex. But the fact that climate engineering is core to all of this is inarguable. There can be no legitimate discussion about climate anything from any perspective without acknowledging the climate engineering elephant in the equation. From NPR, this, an acronym that should stand for National Public Radio, by the way. NPR is owned by the government at this point. Here's the headline, how climate change is fueling hurricanes like Ida. Climate change, yes. Extremely warm oceans and the Gulf of Mexico, yes. But what core factor, again, are all official sources doing their absolute best to hide to the last possible moment? Climate engineering operations. When did the U.S. military first start to engineer cyclonic rotations, i.e. hurricanes? 1947. Project Cirrus. Look it up. Fact of record. How far has that technology come since then? Here's the part of the equation. Radio frequency microwave transmitters are used to manipulate storms as big as cyclones. When those air masses are saturated with electrically conductive particulates, the repelling effect of the very powerful microwave transmissions can push that air mass away from the transmission source. We have not only massive networks of ground-based transmitter systems, but we also have SBX radar, sea-based X-band radar. It looks like a massive golf ball on top of an oil derrick. You can look it up. Take a look for yourself. We have countless ships that also have this type of transmitting equipment on them. The climate engineers are leaving nothing untouched. Absolutely nothing. So when we see this headline from last week also, Hurricane Ida slows down as I passes near New Orleans. New Orleans is always getting the brunt of everything. That slowing down, just like Hurricane Harvey, not an act of nature. Please, look at the recording of some of these transmissions yourself. Search geoengineeringwatch.org hurricanes. There are numerous reports, Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Michael, many other hurricanes. Search, view the 
reports, the video reports that are contained in these posts and learn about these processes of cyclone manipulation, i.e. steering the storms. With that in mind, next headline sample from last week. Dozens dead in New York City and New Jersey during historic flooding. It's now being called a once-in-500-year flood. How is it that the so-called forecasters, which are nothing more than paid liars at this point, that they know up to seven days in advance exactly the trajectory that storm will take, exactly the path it will take, and it ends up being there time after time after time. Again, please search geoengineeringwatch.org, hurricanes. Look at the multiple reports we have on this subject, including specific reports, Hurricane Harvey and others, some of the most destructive hurricanes on record. Look at the data contained. Look at the videos contained in those reports of the transmissions as they were occurring, as the storm was making landfall. Look, decide for yourself. Next headline. Flash floods hit eastern Spain after torrential rain and storms. It's happening all over the globe again and again and again. And what is the power structure doing? Are they changing business as usual? No. No. Who would expect that? Next headline from last week on that theme. Biden administration to resume drilling auctions in setback to climate agenda. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss, for those that don't yet see it clearly, the entire spectrum of political theater is exactly that. Theater. Two sides of the same coin, orchestrated by one central core of power, those that print the money. A core of power that has no political stripe. The power structure has no intention of halting their loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing's left policies and practices. Again, they want it all for themselves, though. They don't want anybody else to join in the party until the end. Enter the CV-19 scenario. Connect the dots for yourself. Climate intervention operations are also core to the controller policies. Stay tuned for more on that subject of weather warfare. First this, how can Britain commit to zero and still drill for millions more barrels of oil? All talk, all the climate conferences, Cancun, Copenhagen, in fact, in those two locations, there was record cold at those conferences at the time of the conference, in spite of warmer than normal temperatures in the entire surrounding area. How does that happen? Happens from climate engineering. That was a demonstration to the other nations and delegates that were there to show them what they can do with climate engineering. Sure, it's toxic. Sure, it's destroying the planet's life support systems. And sure, it's a death sentence if it's allowed to continue. But it's a tool that they are not willing to give up. They are like, and in fact, much of the population, I'm sorry I have to put in the same category of what I saw when I was 10 years old. I saw a documentary where natives catch monkeys by tying a clear jar to a tree. They put a shiny, apparently delicious fruit in that jar. The monkey reaches in, grabs it, can't get his hand out, and the villagers walk right up on him. And, of course, he's on the menu at that point, but he wouldn't let go of that fruit, just couldn't let go of that fruit. And is not the power structure like that? And is not far too much of the population the same way? Unwilling to give up on the new shiny car with no interest, no payments, nothing down. So easy to have material gain in this, these last hours of the planet imploding. How many are willing to give that up in the attempt to try to salvage something so that someone might make it through this, so that there might be some advancement in our species? Because right now... The horizon is beyond bleak. About the desperately needed awakening, I've been invited to speak on a webinar that will include UN committee members. I've been asked to specifically address the climate engineering wildfire connection. This is a step forward, at least. More are waking up. 
I have a limited time frame to do this. I will do my best. But always know it's our collective combined efforts that are now finally helping to push the climate engineering insanity to the full light of day. And let's keep banging the drums because we are rapidly running out of time. Moving on, next headline from the New York Times. A new breed of crisis, war and warming collide in Afghanistan. As I said, everything is connected. The collapsing biosphere is the number one priority for the military-industrial complex. The evidence to corroborate that conclusion is monumental, but how many are willing to look at it? About Afghanistan, the official narrative, quote, we just ended a 20-year war, end quote. No, that's wrong. It's a 20-year illegal occupation to serve quote, U.S. strategic interests, i.e. empire. The pretext for the illegal occupation were, of course, the official narrative surrounding the events of 9-11. An official narrative that is so far from reality that only the willfully blind could possibly accept it. More on that specific in a few moments. Please stay with me. Next headline, disaster looms in Syria as Euphrates dwindles. Referring to the Euphrates River drying out the Middle East, As I have reported on before, one week after 9-11, General Wesley Clark, the former NATO Supreme Commander, was given the list of countries in the Middle East that were to be targeted. Every single one of those countries subsequently underwent a once-in-1,000-year drought. That is climate modification. That is weather warfare. Leaders of those countries, in the case of Iran, on the floor of the UN, stating so. U.S. media never covered it. Again, the covert weapon of war. Silent weapons for silent wars. Experts warn of impending humanitarian catastrophe. That refers to Syria. How much devastation have we done there? And guess where our troops are? Guarding the oil fields in Syria. As the former occupant of the White House says, we're keeping the oil. And that's what it's all about. And if we remember events like when Iraq invaded Kuwait, that was they were baited by the U.S. government to do so. If you research history, you'll find that's exactly true. And then they were blamed for lighting all the oil fields on fire when they left, and that is a lie. Those oil fields were ignited by U.S. special forces to allow U.S. corporations to move in and take over everything. There were meetings about how they were going to do this, including with one of the companies I once worked for, Bechtel Power, Halliburton. They were laying out their plans a month before before those fields were even ignited. That's the kind of global catastrophe that the U.S. military has participated in not to mention being the largest single-source polluter on the planet. And people still blame Saddam Hussein, who was nothing more than a puppet for the U.S. government. These chemical weapons came for the U.S. government. Americans know nothing about their history. That's why they blindly waved their flags around in total support. And that's what 9-11 did. It galvanized total blind support of the U.S. population for anything the military-industrial complex wanted to do. More on that in a moment. Climate change is fueling warm ocean blob. Listen to this carefully. It dovetails over what I've covered in previous broadcasts. Climate change fueling warm ocean blob causing chilly mega drought in the southern hemisphere, new study states. Now let's look at this 2015 article from numerous major sources. Backtrack, plug it into what I've reported in a recent broadcast. California's drought and the weird warm blob in the Pacific that may be fueling it. Same scenario exactly. Ionosphere heaters creating the high-pressure dome over areas of the ocean that creates still stagnant air. Ocean surface heats up under this compressing dome of heated air. And we have the entire meteorological community pretending they don't know what's going on. Total tyranny. In regard to the ionosphere heater created high-pressure heat domes over the oceans, two more recent headlines of what's scheduled. Pacific Marine Heat Wave, the blob, may return. And this, 
Are marine heat waves the new normal for the Pacific Ocean? Question mark. Grooming the public to accept this phenomenon that is anything but natural. So as California bakes, dries out, and burns to the ground, maybe Governor Newsom will save us. This headline on that point. California will need more than 1.2 million electric vehicle chargers by 2030, report finds. From that report, Governor Gavin Newsom has ordered a ban on new gas-powered cars by 2035. No need to worry about that because we will never, ever get that far, not even close. And again, Governor Newsom, who knows all about climate engineering, I presented to him and his top aide in his office at the Capitol, they could not refute the data that was given to them, but they, of course, did nothing because that's what they're paid to do. Nothing. Next headline. Installing solar panels over California's canals could yield water, land, air, and climate payoffs. Total Pollyanna of the, quote, green revolution that simply burns up more of the Earth's remaining resources and releases greenhouse gases that are some of the worst of all, like hexafluorothane. It has an atmospheric lifespan of about 10,000 years. It is exponentially more powerful a greenhouse gas than even methane. And we're told this is green energy. Again, search Planet of the Humans if you want to know the truth about so-called green energy. And I'm sorry for those that don't like to hear that because they want some sort of Pollyanna cure that will save us and we can magically keep going on like we are. That's not going to happen. The sooner we face reality, the better the odds are that we may yet salvage some part of Earth's remaining life support systems. Next headline from NPR, again, National Propaganda Radio is what it should be. The floods in Tennessee aren't freak accidents. They're a new reality. Again, they're conditioning the public to accept this, to accept this type of manipulated event. Not that we wouldn't have catastrophe without climate engineering. The planet's life support systems, the climate is broken. But when you add the intentional intervention on top, nothing is natural at that point. Nothing can be considered natural at that point. Next headline, county supervisors blame bad policies, not climate change for California wildfires. They're referring to forest management policies. We're not cutting down enough trees. That's why the fires are burning. That is total fallacy. And this is coming from someone who has done extensive work in the forest over many years, grown up in forest environments for much of my life. My father was an arborist. This is a total fallacy. The forests are burning because climate engineering is setting the stage for them to burn. I'm not discouraging forest management. I've done it on an industrial scale. I've done six cost share programs for habitat restoration, which primarily involved forest management, removing the understory that was only out of balance because of irresponsible logging. Without that, it would have been in balance. It would have remained defendable. I'm not advocating for environmental groups, which I have great disdain for at this point because they refuse to address the climate engineering issue. I'm not advocating for don't touch the forest policies. But what I'm saying is there can be no legitimate discussion about what's happening in our forests without addressing climate engineering first. When the so-called agency professionals blame the beetles on all the tree deaths, that is simply a symptom of a sick and dying tree. Again, core causal factor climate engineering. I'll get to more on that shortly. Climate engineering also hammering crops. Two headlines on that note from last week. Drought puts farmers and ranchers in survival mode. When many of these private owners have to sell, big ag typically buys them out, the disaster capitalists. But all that land won't do them any good on a dead planet. Next headline, a month's ration of bread now at 44% of monthly minimum wage in Lebanon. Remember the massive explosion in Lebanon that was blamed on fertilizer? It was clearly a charge. Took out their food supply. Now they're in worse shape than ever. Based on all available data, a specific country seemed completely connected to what happened in Lebanon. But it's a country I'm not allowed to talk about. 
So I'll let the listener fill in that blank. From the UK Guardian and other sources, why won't US TV news say, quote, climate change? The climate emergency is exploding, the report says, in various parts of the world this week, but climate silence continues with much of the United States media. How about climate engineering denial? Where is the focus on that? And again, the environmental groups, so-called environmental groups, that will not touch the issue because they don't want to lose their 501c3, which shows exactly what their motive is, and it certainly isn't saving the planet. Next headline, 40 million people rely on the Colorado River. It's drying up fast. Again, climate engineering operations, visible on satellite imagery, completely disrupting and derailing the storm track into the western United States. Next headline, same theme, from counterpunch.org. Drought clobbers the world. According to the Global Drought Monitor, no continent is spared the ravages of severe drought, except Antarctica. Let me put this into context again. It cannot rain less overall on a warming planet unless there's a factor we're not being told about. That factor is climate engineering, disrupting the evaporative cycle and the hydrological cycle of the planet. The atmosphere holds 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming. We are likely past 3.5 degrees C right now, past the baseline at which humans have existed on the planet. Should be deluging, but it's not, because climate engineering is thwarting that process from top to bottom. Next headline. Everyday climate catastrophe, living in a schizoid world. The report states only mass action will save us. That mass action should start with stopping climate engineering and allowing the planet to respond on its own to the damage already done. That's the best chance we have of at least buying time. In regard to damage done, this headline from last week, Glacier melt is causing Earth's crust to warp, say scientists. That doesn't sound good, and it's not. Not only is the polar meltdown causing tectonic plate movement, it is also facilitating a process known as glacial rebound, i.e. land masses like Greenland are literally rising out of the sea due to the lessening of ice mass from melting that further displaces ocean levels, causing further sea level rise. It's happening slowly, but it's accelerating radically. On a geologic scale, it's happening at blinding speed. As the planet we formerly knew unravels and implodes from every imaginable direction, the CV-19 scenario continues to be moved forward at warp speed. And now it seems some of the rats from the military-industrial complex are abandoning the sinking ship. This headline is a case in point. Two senior FDA vaccine regulators are stepping down. Perhaps they don't like what they see. Perhaps they're no longer willing to be a part of it. On that note, this headline... Moderna vaccine halted in Okinawa after contamination from, quote, black substances. A reminder of this headline, covered in my last broadcast, Japan suspended three batches of Moderna doses, removing 1.6 million doses from circulation after several vaccine centers reported finding foreign matter in them. They stated it's a substance that reacts to magnets. It could be metal. Again, that's a statement from the report, not my statement. I'm sure Big Pharma would rather those stories don't get out in the U.S. That wouldn't really encourage many to roll up their sleeve and do what they're told, would it? Next report from the Atlantic.com. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, does not consider an individual to be fully vaccinated until at least two weeks after the final dose in a vaccine regime. So does this mean that many of what we are told are unvaccinated coming down with CV-19 are actually the vaccinated? Are we being told that the vaccinated are actually unvaccinated because they're not yet two weeks past their final injection? And how much is that skewing statistics if this is in fact occurring? What do you think? 
Those in power are clinically insane, and they completely control the narrative. To believe that such tyrants are telling us the truth about anything is delusion. In Shasta County, California, CV-19 cases are skyrocketing, even though a great many of the population has rolled up their sleeves and done what they were told. How do you think the puzzle pieces connect? Investigate, decide for yourself. More headlines. COVID vaccine injury reports jump 27,000 in one week. FDA pulls, quote, bait and switch with Pfizer vaccine approval. Next headline, Pfizer scheme to churn out, quote, variant-specific vaccines will lead to more variants, experts warn. Investigate. Decide for yourself. Next headline from last week, full vaccination will likely mean getting a booster shot. Fauci says they just keep coming, don't they? The variants just keep coming. More and more vaxes keep coming. If you think this is going to end anytime soon, think again. Israel warns COVID, quote, green pass will expire if residents don't get third jab. It's not working fast enough for them, apparently. As geoengineeringwatch.org has stated for the last decade plus, when biosphere collapse became impossible to hide, when the current paradigm became impossible to maintain, power structure desperation would go exponential, and the biosphere collapse has beat them to the intersection, thus their fanatical behavior at this point that is so increasingly transparent for any that have their eyes open. Next headline from last week, a tool of control, how health officials weaponize language to manage public perception of COVID vaccines. Let's expand that to the entire COVID scenario with mainstream media being their partners in crime. Another headline from last week, Colorado high school students perform mass walkout in protest of mask mandates, chanting no more masks. Another headline, some hospitals are foregoing vaccine mandates to avert staffing shortages because many of the healthcare workers are drawing a line in the sand. They don't want it. Don't see media talking about that much, do we? Not mainstream media. The official narratives about CV-19 are riddled with holes. They're breaking down by the day. And on the subject of official narratives that are completely unsupportable based on all available evidence and legitimate science data, now that we're coming up to the 20th anniversary, the events of 9-11 are a stunning example. How many are still blindly waving their flags in total support of the official 9-11 propaganda without having done a moment's honest investigation of the facts? Or, in the case of the official narrative, the total absence of credible facts? How many self-proclaimed patriotic Americans ever stopped to consider how well the events of 9-11 served the military-industrial complex, the new Pearl Harbor, that galvanized the American public into blind support for any and all military adventures in the Middle East? How many know that three steel structure high-rise buildings came down that fateful day? Not two. The seven-second freefall collapse of World Trade Center Building 7 at freefall speed, seven seconds, is so unexplainable that not a word was even mentioned about it in the entire 9-11 report. A group of over 3,000 architects and engineers from all over the world have completed a peer-reviewed science study that did explain the only way that World Trade Tower 7 could have collapsed in seven seconds in its own footprint. But corporate media, official agencies, and all elected officials are doing their best to hide this critically important and extremely damning report. How many have bothered to examine the post-attack Pentagon scene or the Shanksville so-called crash site that lacked any visible aircraft wreckage whatsoever or human remains? Please don't believe me. Just summon the courage to actually do an honest investigation of the facts relating to every major aspect of the 9-11 events. Blind flag-waving isn't patriotism. It's a cowardly form of conformity. It's a signaling of unquestioning submission 
to the powers that be. The events of 9-11 also served to convince Americans that they should subordinate their constitutional rights in exchange for so-called safety. Ben Franklin is attributed with stating the following, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither and will lose both. Back to the country that was blamed for 9-11, because of what we are told is Biden's bungling, the Taliban is armed to the teeth with U.S. weapons. How convenient for the military-industrial complex, who would not even exist if there wasn't a constant foe to fight. Back to the bottom line of biosphere collapse. The controllers know they can no longer sustain the former paradigm. Which populations are now in the crosshairs of the military-industrial complex? Does the fact that Homeland Security and other agencies bought 2.4 billion rounds of 40 caliber hollow point in 2012 fit into this equation? You decide. The hallmark of climate intervention, a.k.a. weather warfare operations, are ever more extreme drought and deluge scenarios. Man's intentional interference with the planet's climate system has completely, again, disrupted and derailed the global hydrological cycle. From the San Francisco Chronicle last week, this, the fires are different this year, bigger and faster. What's fueling the change? Question mark. The report asks. Cal Fire Director Tom Porter said the state is in a, quote, acute wildfire crisis. At the beginning of this year, June, June Watch.org stated again and again that the climate engineers were setting the stage for even more catastrophic fires, and that is exactly what has happened. This Cal Fire Director went on to say this, the sheer ferocity of the fires have had people wondering, uh, were more than wondering, again, Search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Please help us share this critically important report. Final statement from this article. Noxious smoke and ash have coated the sky, threatening to hamper people's immune defenses during the coronavirus pandemic. COVID-19 cases in smoke-blanketed regions have escalated dramatically as a direct result of what populations are breathing. This conclusion has been officially acknowledged, as I have already covered in the last two broadcasts of Global Alert News. But again, this question, is it just smoke we are breathing? And again, consider that the atmospheric aerosol spraying operations are ongoing directly above the smoke canopies. GeoengineeringWatch.org has captured time-lapse film footage to prove it. For those that are not yet familiar, climate engineering elements include aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, and now science reports indicate graphene as well, and more. And what biologicals might be included in these mix or what fungal elements might proliferate from these particles floating down through the atmosphere, because certainly we know fungal everything is going off the scale in forest ecosystems, in human respiratory systems. Again, you can't fill the sky with toxic submicron size particulates without wreaking havoc on the entire web of life. And indeed, that is absolutely happening. And these smoke canopies are so consistently being held down on the ground with the descending air that is below high pressure heat domes that are initiated by ionosphere heater installations, extremely high-powerful ground-based microwave radio frequency transmitters like HARP. If you don't believe this technology exists, you have not done the research. Please view films, for example, like Holes in Heaven, excellent film to watch, available online. Or simply research what an ionosphere heater is. The technology is not disputed. They simply deny that they are using it for this type of purpose. Such a denial is not enough. Were innocent U.S. populations told about the constant detonations of nuclear bombs in Nevada? How many people know 
But now science study has proven that likely 500,000 Americans died as an indirect result of those detonations. Americans have no clue about this. And again, as a matter of public record, at least 239 open-air biological tests were conducted by the U.S. military against U.S. populations as of 1977. How many have occurred since? Why in the world would we think it's not going on now? When we have, again, individuals like Zygmunt Brzezinski stating, as I outlined again in the beginning of this broadcast, with today's technology, it's far easier to kill a million people than it is to control them. Why would we think these people who are not clinically sane wouldn't do any of this? GeoengineeringWatch.org was warning about what was happening in our skies many, many years ago. Here's an excerpt from a full-page ad in a major Northern California paper that we facilitated in 2008. Top of the ad states, GeoengineeringWatch.org, are we the experiment? It states, are illegal weather modification programs, i.e. geoengineering, altering our climate poisoning us and contaminating our land, water, and air. Here are the facts you decide. This is a full-page, very expensive Northern California newspaper ad. We've been trying to sound the alarm again. This was put in in 2008. Another excerpt from this ad. Over three dozen Shasta and Siskiyou County lab test results taken from snowpack, rainfall, and pond and dust samples show off-the-chart levels of aluminum, barium, and strontium. These tests were performed at the state-certified lab in Redding, California. It then shows photographs of massively sprayed skies over Mount Shasta, California, that were taken immediately prior to the massive fire outbreak in June of 2008 that appears to be a beta test that relates directly to what was happening in the Arctic and the climate engineers planned to, as I stated earlier in this broadcast, incinerate northern latitude forests to see if they could achieve the atmospheric particulate loading to provide temporary cooling for the polar regions. And in the report I mentioned already several times in this broadcast, wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. You can see screenshots of those science reports that advocate, that promote the burning of forests as a form of artificial volcano to provide temporary cooling in the polar regions because this smoke spins toward the pole because of the Coriolis effect of the planet. Are the climate engineers indeed this desperate? And all available data states, yes. Yes, they are. And if you want to know how climate engineering sets the stage for these incredibly intense incinerations, search the Engineering Wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Again, the source of ignition for these fires, separate subject altogether. What we are trying to establish is that climate engineering has established the conditions for these fires to burn as they are burning. Geoengineeringwatch.org has also paid for in multiple Northern California newspapers circulations of 50,000 and more color glossy flyers to be put into every single paper. We have spent over the last decade plus over six figures over 100K at this kind of outreach effort. So many people know that this is happening. They've been told. They've been asked to investigate. And how many do? Even those I know whose homes have burnt down, who know about this issue, who know about the ramifications, they still refuse to face it, investigate it, and acknowledge it. The denial of climate engineering is the same in countless other regions of the world, regions that are also being decimated by epic incinerations, while other parts of the planet are suffering record deluge and flooding. The core causal factor that must be exposed and halted is climate engineering. What will it take to bring
break the epidemic of denial, to break the mass societal psychosis. Do what you're told, roll up your sleeve, and everything will magically work out. Just keep believing in Santa Claus. That's the kind of societies we live in. How's that all working out as we hurl toward extremely near-term planetary omnicide? So many times I've heard from so many individuals, quote, you can't do anything about it, so why try? And there you have it. Exactly the mindset and mentality that makes it so. Give up without ever even trying to make a difference. Without so much as even attempting to stand against the insanity, against the gathering storm, against the fading of the light. I don't claim to know the answer to why we are here. But I can't, I won't believe that tucking our tails and hiding in a hole is it. That fate I will never accept. Many have asked me which particular spiritual tradition I subscribe to, and my answer is that that is between me and my maker. But this I will say. I will man the post at which I believe my maker has placed me, no matter what comes. The forest has always been my cathedral, my sanctuary. I am eternally grateful for the years I was granted to labor in solitude there, restoring habitat that had been compromised by irresponsible former human activities. My time in the forest has now passed. There are now existential threats that must be faced and dealt with, or soon, very soon, nothing else will matter. But so long as we are here, so long as we are still standing, it's never too late to make a difference. Consider that each and every individual that our collective efforts have helped to awaken matters in and of itself and in more ways that we can ever fully know or understand. Only by our collective actions do we have any chance of reaching a critical mass of awareness. Only with a global army of the awakened and the committed to justice do we have any chance of changing course in time to salvage some part of Earth's remaining life support systems. It is essential for each of us to utilize the most effective and efficient means of communication and data sharing of seed planting in order to assist those around us in the process of seeing through the sea of lies and propaganda. Breaking down a lifetime of programming, ideology, and bias does not happen easily or overnight. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can effectively and efficiently help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Share credible data from a credible source. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.